I have such another phenomenal lady on here. I'm truly blessed and thankful that she is going to just share her story with us today. But just literally a few minutes ago, you guys, everything was going crazy at once. And I just had to focus myself and get here. And that leads me to this beautiful woman, Courtney. She has been through a lot of things, but she is still vibrant. And I I know she's going to share so much wisdom with us. So Courtney, can you introduce yourself? Yes, ma'am. I am Courtney Lee Smith, um, owner of the Relationship Service Station, where we empower people to get from what could have been, should have been, to what will be, which was phenomenal. Like you said, the focus to go ahead and get to where we need to be. That is amazing. I mean, it's so ironic because last year, 2020, COVID hit, everybody got stuck or could have. I'll say that could have because a lot of people, we saw it and said, oh, no, we got to keep going. (laughs) We got to push past this thing. Can you tell me how did you learn that endurance? How did you learn to just keep moving? Um, I really believe everybody needs a level of faith for one thing to not get trapped. We are easy in our society to get trapped in a comfortable place or get trapped in the way that we have laid things out. And we believe ultimately we have control. And if we do the right things, our plan will always work out. But if we can give ourselves that grace to understand that God is truly in control, that our plans will be shifted, our plans will be shaken, we will go through things. Then we give ourselves the capability to be able to grow when we feel pain instead of become stuck. Um, If we change that mentality of what was done to me to what was done for me so I can grow, so I can mature, so I can gain strength in this area. And then that is where we each get that level of endurance. I always say grief will grow you or if you choose or grief has the option to bury you. Mm. Wow. That is so powerful. I mean, you just said so much just now. Because I I feel like I couldn't grow, like you mentioned, because I used to, why me all the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, just throw a pity party, like not fully trust. I say it, I believe it. I'm, you know, I'm reading my Bible, praying, but as somewhere in there was still like kind of resentful, kind of like, I don't understand. I'm kind of mad, you know, how, what help? How do I get past that when we feel that because is it normal to even feel that way um uh, yes because we're here in the flesh we're not so deep in our spirit that we don't feel and our flesh allows us to have those feelings that god created us to have feelings to have emotions not to be robots um but the key is we say we're believers that's what we say so we believe in the word but the thing is god wants us to be faith walkers he wants us to be actually moving in our faith actually believing in the miracles of him believing that he still can provide for us even in the pain because most times we can't find peace in the pain because we can only find peace and perfection. But when God takes us through something, what he's letting us know is he's peace in the midst of it all. And that is what happens when we say fully say we're believers, we're in our word. 
If one thing you will find out during COVID, what it has revealed, a lot of us are saying that we are believers, but we're caught up in the pandemic when we should not be panicking at all. All we should be doing is saying, okay, God, how can I grow? How can I shift? How can I change? This is a time for you to reflect and say, God, where is it that you should have me to go? And we should all be taking faith walks and then maneuvering our inner church in a different different way versus panicking. And what we do as believers, we begin to panic because we are fleshly, because we are human, and we have lost that faith journey that began when we became fresh and new believers. Because when you became a fresh and new believer, you say, God, I believe you for it. And then you will walk into it. Now we say, God, I believe you for it, but let me see it first. And that's not a faith walk. And so that's how we get caught up in the why, the why me, the why nots, because we were believing only what we could see. Yeah. I mean, you explained it perfectly. <laughs> oh, it just tickles me because I, I just had that conversation with the Lord. I said, I was so on fire for you. I didn't care what came my way. And then what happened? Like something happened. It really got to me. So now I'm coming on the other side of it and I'm so much mature and I'm not so easy to question, but I guess question in the right way, not why is this happening, but what is happening? Like, am I doing something? Is it an attack or is it just life? Like knowing it because they are a difference. And, and I think you learn more about God and how he moves. Because you should be able to discern, is it a test? Is he doing it? He trying to birth something? You know, like just knowing those things and clarifying those things really help you when you're going through something. Because if you're going through something just because you're causing it, like that's not honorable and is, is a waste of time. But if you're going through something with God, we know he's going to bring us to something. Is that what you believe? Like, do you set help your clients see past what I'm going through, but let me see God in the midst. So I know he's taking me somewhere else. Absolutely. I want you to see God in everything because the word says it's all working out for my good. Um, but it was something you see it. It's, it's, it's very wasteful if we're doing things because we're causing them. And it makes me think about a song called cycles cycles and in that song it was talking about we go through these cycles because we haven't learned the lesson that the enemy keeps bringing and using something within us so that means we haven't matured we haven't grown past something so that's the cycles that we keep going through but the thing is we have to notice the difference between cycles and life a lot of times we say the cycles that we put ourselves through, we call them life, which are not. We have to do, know the difference between cycles and life. But a part of life is death. A part of life is losses because in those losses are lessons, lessons on how to get to the next step. Because if we didn't have that lesson, we would never learn the strength to get from crawling to walking, from walking to running. It's getting our spiritual muscles in a place where we can run a lifetime marathon and not give up. We can reach our end that we're supposed to reach. So that is definitely a message, you know, changing our perspective so we can always get our desired outcome is always the goal for me with my clients. That's awesome because you really hit on the lifetime marathon. Sometimes we think we already know. 
We got all the answers. We know everything. Been there, done that. But <laughs> life changes. Life happens in even every season so mm -hmm. 50 60 80 you still constantly changing and my mom-in-law always said you never want to get to a place where you know it all I don't care what age you are <laughs> God got another side to show you and that's what I mentioned with you she actually passed away a couple months ago but she knew so much I wish her works was better in the earth and what I mean like a book or a video, you know, that wisdom. So you also mentioned having that wisdom so we can maneuver through life. Is it important to obtain the wisdom just for ourselves? Because sometimes we, we look, how can I say it? Our perception is that it's all about us and it is happening to us or for us. But the bigger picture is that somebody else is affected too and we can help somebody else if we pull ourselves up or allow God to pull ourselves pull us out of it because that wisdom and that strength we obtain we can pour into the next person um I like to consider it God breaks us because I think like you say you get too comfortable you being used this one type of vessel how you how you say your mother says you you always need to be learning you always need to know that you're going to be still broken I don't care how good you get at anything God is always going to break you because he needs to transform you into different types of vessels so at one point you might be a plate one point you might be a cup, one point you might be a pitcher, but there are times that God needs to use you in different ways. And he does that because it, he has to break you, use the pieces that can create something new. So if you know that scripture about the potter's house, you know, he, he broke it, started all over again. You know, it's what he needs to be using you for at this time, because he always needs to, us to step up in him to do something for the kingdom. And when I say kingdom, it does not mean preacher, pastor. It means disciple. It means you should always be sharing what the goodness of God. That means he brought you through something. What's the wisdom of what he brought you through so that may you can help other people as a guide back to Jesus. And that's all we're supposed to be doing is guiding people back to Jesus, guiding people back to Christ's word. So if you got a grasp on it from your brokenness, you can say, hey, I was broke in this area. I got back to God. This is the path. This is the strategy. And that is what it's for. It's not necessarily for all of us to write a book or um, leave something else. But when you were talking about your mother, she left something in the earth, she left you. So if nothing else, you can go back and write a 365 day words, the wisdom of a mother. So those are things that you can give back and honor her. So she left something, she left those wise words within you. Maybe she didn't write it, but you have the wisdom and the capability to give her wise words to the next generations to be able to come and still leave something in the earth. So her most valuable thing was what she left was you to actually carry on that for her. That is so beautiful because whoever is listening if you are stuck in grief, that right there, because I do see it, that we can get lost when we lose somebody. The thing is, they left you and you are valuable too. Mm -hmm. You are valuable too. And then that wisdom that we were sharing, just being able to honor them 
if you need to write it out, if you need to make a video, like however, if you need to paint music, whatever it is to release the grief, the pain, but to make it like, I don't want to say a stepping stool, but use it as a tool in some way. Don't get lost because when my mom passed away, I was able to fuel that God. I mean, he, he made that thing work out because now, like you mentioned, here I am. I would not be doing this as passionately as I'm doing if that experience and in other things, but if that didn't happen, because we were kind of dragging our feet. That's how I feel. Everybody kind of dragging their feet, got time to do this, got time to do that. No, I don't have time be, not to be wasting it. I have to tell, like, I have to answer the call. I have to answer my purpose. Now. The time yes. is now. No, you're Bro. the valuable thing that's, that your mother left. Know that. Thank know you. That. Yeah, know yeah. you're the valuable thing. And the thing is, you might be broken in some other areas. It might create an author in you. It might create an artist out of you. You've created a podcast out of it. And that's why I'm saying the creativity of God, that he allows you to be used in a different way on this journey. That's what I'm saying. That's what's so good about God. You know, he will change your direction. Um, I always tell people I used to teach compliance of the law. The world's laws. Now I can teach the compliance of God's laws, the strategies of his ways to get to him, to stay whole, to get to that abundance place that we're all. So sometimes that's a scary path we have to take because it's always a faith journey. You do not know what's up ahead. Mm, that's so good. And I feel like if, if we really knew that and prepared for it, it would help us better. Because I'm just thinking about the children of Israel complaining all the time <laughs> but it, it's so it's weird because they saw the miracles but we still complaining how many of us have a roof over our head we just went through COVID we didn't get sick we you know we still have food to eat and your job is still there and we still complaining Yep. You're complaining because you can't do everything that you used to do, but you are alive, still have provision, still have capabilities. And the thing is, if we can focus on celebrating the things that we have, and I like to tell people, yes, you are quarantined from the disease, but you're not supposed to be isolated from the people of God. So you still have your community. You still have your circle. You still have the people that God have aligned for you to connect with. And if we can understand that as believers, if you're claiming yourself as a believer and you saying that I am, that means you understand everything that God does. Cause that means you sit and have time to meditate so that he can help you discern everything that's going on so that you're not in a panic. You're not fretting. You're understanding this is my season right now to actually focus my priorities on the things that God has called for me. Yeah. Cause I was just going to say that when I hear the church going through the pandemic, we kind of in revival, everybody got their businesses going, or mm -hmm. if they already had businesses, God and moved us to the next level. Like you got to be in tune with him because his ways ain't our ways. Mm -hmm. He's God and he loves to use those weak things. That's what I call them. Them mm -hmm. little weak things, those little hiccups and turn it into something beautiful. God can only do that. 
like how I, I i can't explain it but god he is really a miracle maker a healer anything you need and your wisdom like if you're stuck wisdom knowledge and understanding that comes from god too if, yes. if you don't know something just ask him yes it comes like yes. did you did you have a guide when you were grieving or did you really take time to spend with God and he led you every step of the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I find that people do though, when they say they're grieving, most people don't grieve. They jump back into a routine, hoping for normal to come back. They're chasing normal. They are doing everything to get normal back. So in this season of grieving as a nation, through this, this COVID season, we really need to be focusing on what it is that God is telling us to change and break those routines, break those traditions, break those beliefs so we can get to that new version that he's calling to us. Um, a lot of people use the word and they're using the scripture that says, humble yourselves. And that's what it is. It's saying, what am I doing that is not of you? Because I have been chasing this routine, this job, these finances. But when are we going to start chasing the things of God and really giving back to him? So through our grieving, that is what, how we find those answers. We find the capability to release the things of the world, release the things that are not his way. We find the capability to actually go in and look and analyze ourselves. So grieving is a period, I always say that it's meant to grow us. It is meant to get us to a place where we can actually push through the dirt, still be prosperous, still thrive. And uh, the key is to be just more than alive because if since March of last year, 2020, there are a lot of people who are just alive. They are just barely making it because they are focused on, okay, when everything is back to normal, that's when I'm going to step my game up. This one, I'm going to do something different. That's amazing. Just alive. I love that. Cause, cause we should be, whenever we read the Bible is always thriving. I mean, you got some stories in there, but the theme is overcoming. The theme is God blesses us. The theme is that he has promises. He's rich. I mean, he owns everything. We are stuck somewhere. And I think you touched on a whole lot of things that God is telling us to change. Well, I think that starts with honesty. Yeah. Uh, are we really being honest about the situation and the place that we're in? Because I have conversations that I feel like are necessary, but not, I really don't see it happening. <laughs> if, if we're not honest and we're not having these conversations, how are we going to move on? A, a lot of times we're not honest with ourselves because we don't want to um, actually accept who we really are in life. So the first honest step is to be about the relationship that you have with yourself. A lot of us can never, we never stand in front of a mental or spiritual or physical mirror and actually say, who are we? What are we doing? What are our, what do we have to do with this, except our responsibility and all of these things. So we know if we don't really have a true and honest relationship with ourselves, how are we really being true and honest with God, our creator? Even though he already knows, we feel like we hiding things from him. We feel like we giving him our bio and resume and he really <laughs> buying into all this hype. But the reality is we've created these fake personas 
that this world has embraced, you know, but the reality is we aren't even that person that we actually bring to the world. We're not that person that we bring to God. So somewhere in there, we have to say, okay, who am I? Tell the truth about me. And then when that truth about you comes out, then you can be the best version in all of your relationships. That's so good. Because I feel like both of us, even though we are doing and serving um, two different peoples, people groups, I feel like that fake person, we are uncovering that. Mm. And really digging deep and getting to the problem. Because if you come to me, I'm going to go right on past that surface stuff, all that sugar-coated stuff, because that's not going to help you. And because of my own pains, I want help. So if somebody come to me, I'm assuming they really want me to help them. So I have to bypass the surface stuff and really get to the thing that's, that is the real issue. And that may be uncomfortable. How do you do that with something as touchy as grieving? How do you do that? Well, anybody that know me, I'm real blunt. I'm not a um, touchy-feely person. Now, I'm emotional. Yes, I'll cry with you and all that great stuff, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And the reality of the truth is most times when people die, it is something about us that we have to actually step up put our big girl, big boy panties on that we're going to have to deal with. It's not really so much just about that individual or that particular death. So I pull back all those layers of, you know, the missing, the lonely. No, what's the real issue? And most of it has started because you have some personality or some issues that you really never dealt with before that person passed. And when that person passes or when you lose something, that is when like, you break out into a tantrum tantrum. We all had that little child in us and wait a minute, wait a minute, things are not going our way. So it's a tantrum tantrum we call ourselves having with God and God say, when you get through, you just let me know. And that's what I have with my clients. When you get through having a tantrum tantrum, I let you vent all of that out. And then I tell you now, but what I really heard, this is what's the real issue. You told me you were angry. You told me all these emotions. But when we talk about your actions, your actions speak something else. So like you say, dig into the root, digging past all the um, fakery. But as a society, we've created that because it used to be fake it till you make it, dress like where you're going, you know, speak like where you want to be. Those are great things only if you remember and yourself that you being fake and don't actually believe your own hype. That is so good. Yeah, because there's a difference between <laughs> between being fake and then having faith. Mm-hmm. It is. Because mm-hmm. God, God didn't show you something, but you on the walk to getting it. That ain't faking it. Mm-hmm. He provide every step of the way. You're going to see it come to pass. Um, but I, I just want to go back to that point that you said a lot of times when we really have these conversations, especially in your ministry and your field of grief, that is the person and those little hiccups they may have. And what came to my mind, because I lost a few people and and I was like, oh, that hurt, that tore me because of myself, because I was mean to them, you know, or I didn't really take the time that I should have taken 
because sometimes I don't know if somebody really needs to hear this. You have to be the first person to make that relationship better. Yes. You have to have the effort, even if you don't want to, if they are asking to be in your life or if you have children in your children's life, you have to do that because if something happens to them, it still falls on you. I could have done this. It will now you can't so that's like two things you're dealing with yeah the kudos and the shittles that's what i always get people (laughs) (laughs) thank you so do let me ask you this do you like pre-counsel people because we know this is the life is inevitable some things is just always gonna happen and we have a start and we have an end do you kind of pre- put out information so grieving can be more bearable I guess um I like to say I prepare people for the now and the later so if you are going in a relationship how to have those communications how to set up those things so you're not at a loss so that way you are truly becoming one So that way, when it happens, you know exactly how your house is run. You know exactly what's going on with the kids. You know, you're not living in two separate households oblivious to what really one is. So that way you can transition along. And we don't we don't have those discussions because most of us don't want to have those discussions until the person becomes very sick and then we go to caregiver mode. There is a way. So, yes, I put out information on how to actually prepare for the now so you don't suffer so much in the later. And some of it is just simple, um, like I I do insurance. Some of it is doing the preparation for the finances, but some of it is doing to ensure your spiritual that's lined up. Some of it is to ensure your mind. So it's your thought process and your perspective. Do you have a plan? What do I do without you? That is so good. That right there. If it didn't help somebody, it really helped me. Becoming one. So you know how everything is ran the way it's supposed to be. Oh my gosh. We sometimes as couples are living that separate life in the same house. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. From um, your experience, can you help us with that becoming one? that marriage part like what does that look like what does it mean because I feel like especially my generation we get married for the wrong reasons we jump into it and then uh we can just easily give it up and move on to something else but Mm -hmm. we never really became one with the first one and I don't even know they become one with the second one it's it's not we don't know the information Well, first it starts off as you being a complete healed whole person when you go in a relationship, not expecting somebody to give you something that you're not able to give yourself. And if you're going into a relationship because you need somebody to financially support you, mentally support you, spiritually support you, that's not what they're meant for. They're meant there to cover your weaknesses, yes, but they're not meant to carry you. So I think that's number one thing. If we know that people aren't meant to carry us just to cover us. 
Um, so when you go into a relationship and you know that you're supposed to be covering each other and supposed to be there to help each other, it is a way to actually unify. So it goes in. So I'm supposed to cover you that way where I can see what you're doing. So for instance, if I know what your end goal is, I'm going to cover you to help you make that end goal because your end goal benefits us as one. And that works both ways. So if I know your end goal is to finish this degree and do all of these things, that means I understand your mind. I understand your passion. I understand your drive. Those are things that I can cover you, even if it means in prayer or taking some of the other things off the plate. Just a simple example. Yeah. Or having those conversations that we need to have so that we understand each other's mindset so that way we don't completely freak out because I don't even know what your thoughts are because we don't spend that time to understand their thoughts. So if I know your thoughts, I don't have to ask you 50 million questions every time something comes up. How a lot of people, I, I hear this all the time, I need to go talk to my husband, or I need to go talk to my wife about that decision. No, you don't because they were there with you. You've already, you know what the answer is. Y'all are one. Y'all, y'all can, you can make that decision because you know what that person is going to say already. And most of the time when people tell you that, that mean, usually is a no. Because mm. they're not going to ask anybody. They're not going to have a, usually another conversation. If you're one, y'all have already decided what you, you can and you cannot do because those are the boundaries to get you where it is that your relationship is supposed to be. So you know what your destiny relationship was created for. So like me and my husband, he lost his wife and I lost my husband, same year, same month. So we know God aligned, aligned us for this particular ministry in relationships to help understand, people understand the depth in relationships, not just the spouse that you lose, but the people and the connections and the circle of people that actually become disconnected with you during that journey as well. So we knew what our destiny relationship is. So that way we're able to make sure everything else along the path does not hinder our destiny relationship. That was so good. That was, thank you. Um, you mentioned working together, communicating, understanding thoughts. I see so often that we're not working together. I've seen older marriages and they're fussing and fighting and even, you know, some of the newer ones, but is there a balance to it? Oh, I don't think you don't disagree. I don't think there is like one mind all the time you're going to come into agreement, but I believe you always need to come back in agreement to if you know what your destiny is, that's the, that's the key. Will this get us to our destiny when after you still have your differences? Because we're going to have arguments because we in the flesh. We're going to want things our way. But the thing is, ultimately, we have to be wise enough to say, is my way going to destroy our relationship? Or is my way going to help build us to get there? And then you have to know when to step back, having the conversation and just let God work it out. That's really that, that is wisdom and maturity in a relationship to know when to be silent and allow God to work it out. A lot of times we feel like we got to say everything or tell everybody everything. Some things God will just automatically do if we have the conversation with him about it. That is so good. Because I, I, I want people to understand, um, Sharice, the difference between a destination and a destiny relationship. Mm. A destination, I mean, you ain't got but one place to stop is over. 
Destiny means we got a long time together. We're going to see a lot of things. We're going to go to a lot of destinations, but there is only one final destiny God has for us. So just realize that a lot of us get in destination relationships because we want a destination wedding. We want the lavishness. We want to travel someplace, but we don't want to do the work to get to the final destiny. Wow. You are dropping some gems. <laughs> but this is so helpful and it's so necessary because we, we don't have a lot of conversations. I don't know what happened. I think at one time, or maybe um, maybe not, uh, I can assume that there was pre-marital counseling and um, maybe in schools, like just talking about relationships in general. But I'm not sure because when I was growing up, all that was gone. And even now, like in church culture, some things people just don't want to talk about. They kind of make it icky to talk about. And I believe God created everything. Yeah, the thing is, there is premarital counseling available. Everybody does not mandate it. Some preachers will not even marry you unless you go through those. But a lot of people don't want to do it because they feel like, I got this. I don't need anybody to tell me. I'm going to emulate my parents' relationship, not understanding you're not your parents. And you do need to have those revealing conversations, whether it's eight weeks, eight months, whatever it is, you need to go through those communications so that you can put those things in place. All it is is putting up gates around your relationship and understanding the areas that you need to protect. Yeah, that is so good. And let me tell you, it's never too late, even if you're already married, to go to premarital counseling. It's mm. never too late to go put some armor in your relationship. Yeah, I love how you said that armor because mm -hmm. too often we fight against each other. Mm -hmm. That's not your enemy. If God put you together, I'm telling you, your husband is not your enemy. Mm -hmm. There is something else that's but that you really haven't allow yourself to see and I like how you mentioned just staying quiet because God will reveal what's really going on if you trust him enough if you take it to him because there's been so many times I had to allow the Lord to do it more than once and it's like the same thing I was thinking when I prayed and really covered my husband he came back with the same answer. I was like, well, thank you, Lord. I ain't had to do anything. <laughs> and it kept our marriage peaceful. And, and that's the thing. Most of us don't seek peace. We don't seek God. And when we do those things, everything really just works out. That is beautiful. Courtney, I really, I just, I appreciate everything that you brought and your willingness to be here. You are serving people that I don't even know yet but you are really helpful <laughs> it's been amazing can you tell us where we can find you if we need to reach out to you yes indeed I can be found at the relationship service station whether it's my website whether it's my YouTube whether it's my Facebook um, if you want to send me an email it's just Courtney at relationshipservicestation.com so you can always just put in relationship service station and you will find Courtney Lee Smith I am there thank you so much do you have any final statements 
my final statement to everybody on here would be chase your future, embrace your present and release your past. That is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you.